Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Ammon Beyond. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And the first bit of news I want to get to today is a reversal of the decision of Sony to close the PlayStation stores for the PS3 and the PlayStation Vita. And I wanted to bring this up because this is kind of like a shocking move to me. Like, I really never in my wildest dreams could have anticipated Sony doing this. But they they straight up admitted that they were wrong in that decision they made. And uh, after a lots of, you know, pretty extreme backlash from the fans, they decided to reverse it and will keep the stores open for the PlayStation Vita and PlayStation 3 for the foreseeable future. Now, they're still closing down the PSP store, but... Uh, you that's know, like a platform that's so old now that it. Yeah, really I, I feel like that's acceptable. Also, no one uses a PSP that hasn't hacked their PSP anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, and so they're not. And I the dedicated, it. you know, the people who are really about PSP definitely like mostly moved to Vita. I think. So. Yeah, all PSP games are playable on Vita, I believe. Right. Digitally, at least, because you know you can't fit those weird hybrid disc things into a, a Vita. Oh, the UMDs. The UMD. Oh, UMDs. Yeah. Wow. Dude, the UMD robot. was actually really interesting at the time. Like it really was. Because I know you know Nintendo took a whack at doing the whole like movies on the go thing with uh the horrible <laughs> uh, GBA video stuff. But the UMDs, I, uh, my understanding is that they actually worked, albeit, you know, low resolution, but the PSP screen wasn't very good. No, they know? were, I don't know, they were a cool, like, hardware format. Yeah, I remember like, the PSP having some good graphics, though, for being a handheld. Oh, yeah, I mean, the PSP oh, yeah. did really well, I think. Like, I think, no, it's yeah, the PSP was, I think it was a commercial success. PSP yeah. was significantly more popular than the PlayStation Vita. Well, that's, like... That's right, and like everything was significantly more popular than PlayStation like, Vita. But. Like graphically, going from like a DS to a PSP was like a. It's almost like a. I mean, the PSP was a lot more powerful. It looked like. Yeah, and I I like I've gone back and tried to play, uh, you know, playing them on the Vita, of course, some of the PSP Monster Hunters, and like, I don't know, yeah, man, Monster, Monster Hunter was pretty huge on PSP. If I remember. Yeah, and it looks about as good as the 3DS games did. So like, <laughs> yeah, you know. But yeah, like I just want to bring up the fact that like we kicked up a pretty big fuss about this a couple episodes ago. When yeah, you know, I can't the, believe the news uh, broke. it was. It's so weird. I didn't know Jim Ryan was a listener. Yeah, Jim I Ryan feel... definitely heard our podcast. Yeah, I mean we first... really roasted him. So yeah. you know, I'm not gonna apologize. I meant every word I said. No, but like it, it's interesting to think like uh, the article announcing this reversal. You know, the author of that article was Jim Ryan. Now, granted, he probably got someone to write it for him, but like. I think this was definitely a conscientious move on his part because I, I think he knows, right? Like in terms of like the hardcore audience, he knows he doesn't isn't really giving off the best vibes. So I think this maybe was a move to sort of rectify that. But yeah, just the fact that they reversed this decision, which is not something you really see often, especially with AAA first party companies. Uh, it, it's it's a big deal, I think. And I kind of wanted to just bring that up and just in a larger context, talk about times where. You know, there were other reversals like this in response to, like, fan feedback. Uh, I mean, the Xbox One comes to mind. Yeah, the Xbox yeah. One is the biggest example, right? Like, we always talk about that infamous E3 conference where... Yeah. I mean, you just know, anything like, Don uh, Magic ever said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely reversed on that guy, like, as a person. But, like, yeah, like, that, that conference, you know, Xbox announced the Xbox One, and it was all, I think, have you guys seen that supercut of, like, TV, movies, sports? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> how those three words were mentioned, like, or, or, you know, we, we have a more. console for people that don't have an internet connection. It's called and the Xbox can, 360. Right. I think that's that the was, most, that's the most damning thing. I, I'm, yeah. And I'm pretty sure like some dude in the military asked that question. Like, Hey, yes. I'm, yep. I serve, I serve in like the army or something like, and I don't have an internet con- connection all the time. What, what can I do if I want to play an Xbox one? And he was just told to buy a 360. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was such a bad, take. although that was, so that was a hot take then. Like that was a really bad take. But that's a that would be a way less terrible take now with like all Series X games coming to the Xbox One X and stuff. I mean, I think it's still yeah, a terrible no, no. take. Okay, yeah. But, I, I was I was wondering where you were going with that, but like I'm glad you went that direction. Yeah, no, Xbox's new philosophy of like play Xbox games anywhere for better or worse, you know, the elimination of Xbox generations means that yeah, like you should be able to play next-gen games on your old console. But, you know, that still doesn't eliminate the internet issue, right? Like, what if you want to play, like, multiplayer games or something like that? But Oh, yeah, but, you know. But, yeah, no, like, it's interesting, like, in 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 some ways, I think, like, the reverse, reversal of, like, the always-online Xbox One, like, with integrated Connect, like, the full reversal of that is something that only, like, it happened pretty quickly, but, like, it it's been solidified over the past few years. Like the reversal has been ongoing from that moment for the better part of a decade, I think to, to the point where now Xbox is very much, you know, favorable in the public public consciousness. Yeah. PlayStation's suffering a little bit, especially with the, the bug that they recently found out that if the CMOS battery dies and you don't have an internet connection, your PS4 slash PS5 is right, effectively yeah. bricked. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know about, yeah. Like, I feel like that's not going to be too much of an issue, but could be wrong about that. Like, I don't think it's going to affect that many people. Yeah, right now. As the console yeah. ages, it's going to get more and more prevalent, especially if they shut down their online servers. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, so just going back to that, you know, like, PS Vita store is here to stay, PlayStation 3 store is here to stay. And I, I just kind of want to pose the question, like, what do you guys think cause this reversal because i've seen more like skeptical and uh like cynics online say that like sony reversed it because like they saw the influx of people like buying things on the ps3 and vita store when the announcement was made and saw how much money there is to be made there and i'm sorry but i just don't believe that like i don't believe there are that many people flocking to the playstation 3 store to buy these old games no i really don't think that's the case i think it's more the case of enough fan outcry was done for historical or archival purposes that, and they just decided. Yeah. I think, I think Ahmed hit the nail on the head in the episode where we talked about this. You were saying that um, they were thinking very short term and not thinking about the, the publicity. And I I really think the publicity is the part of this that matters to them. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do believe that a bunch of people probably went and bought stuff on those stores and maybe even enough that like, it became clear to them they, that they wouldn't lose money so much by keeping them up, but certainly right. they're not doing this in, in a profit mind. Right. No, I think they the way the the cost of like okay, if we shut this down, again, it's not really going to affect our business. Like we're still going to be making money hand over fist with you know PS4, PS5, PSN, but it's going to generate all this negative energy for our brand. Like whether yeah. it's justified or not, it was it was there, right? Like, and I again, like I I really do think the mainstream 
you know, PlayStation fan really couldn't care less. But, like, the dedicated hardcore made enough of a stink that, like, you know, people heard about this. People who, you know, wouldn't necessarily hear about this. Like, more casual PlayStation fans did hear about this. And, you know, and that was starting to negatively color their perception of PlayStation. You also have to look, like, this console generation, in all reality, has not started yet for for most people. Like, these consoles are not available to anyone. Yeah. And so, this gives... Like, this gives Sony and Microsoft both, like, probably a full year where the only input they have on a console generation is their PR. And, uh, you know, people, I mean, I I didn't read a ton of these articles or anything, but if I was writing one, my case would be Xbox cares about game preservation, Sony doesn't. Yeah, no, I think that's a very astute point. You know, like, early in the generation, like, the messaging matters so much. As we know, you know, from the previous generation. We're going to be early in the PS5 Series X generation for the foreseeable future because no one can get these consoles. Like, I I, I don't know if you guys are keeping an eye on it. You're probably not. No, no, I'm following this just because I find it fascinating. Like, supply is... Or, no, sorry, demand is outstripping supply for both Xbox and PlayStation consoles, like, heavily. Like, the only place I've seen to get a PS5 is on Newegg. Uh, They do these shuffles, and the only option available is an $800 bundle for a PS5. Yeah, that's ridiculous, yeah. It comes with a bunch of games and stuff, but they're not... Yeah. I don't want to play all those games. I don't $800 want a PS5. Yeah, no, like, I have... Just anecdotally, I have friends who very much would like a PS5 and, like, didn't... You know, didn't refresh Best Buy like a madman when they made the announcement like I did. So they just don't have one and they're exhausted in trying to get one and basically just give it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're the only person I know that has a next gen console right now. Yeah, you you know, like now that I think about it, like I think I could name the number of friends I have in like on one hand. So less than five that actually have a next gen console like the majority do not. And I think that extends to. Yeah. That makes me wonder. I mean, Sony, they're probably only making money off of the hardcore fans right now. I mean, they're making money off of PS4 right now, you know? Right, like, but but on their PS5 output, the only people that are buying those games on launch are the hardcore fans. I don't think any casuals have been able to get these. Well, yes, yeah. the, the hardcore fans, casual fans are definitely trying to get this console, too. Like like you yeah, mentioned last... Yeah, refreshing Best Buy like a man. Right, fan. but like you mentioned last week connor like it seems like playstation is definitely people associate playstation more with video games than xbox right now just in general uh and i think you know like you know kids asking for ps5s for christmas like for example like my dad purchased a ps5 with the intention of giving it to like uh like like a cousin for for their birthday uh the cousin ended up not wanting it so he sold it on ebay for uh, some dude was willing to pay like upwards of a grand for it because yeah, his I was gonna son, say he probably made a colossal profit yeah, on that like, because his son wanted it for his birthday. So yeah, like, I, yeah. So I, I'm stuck in this weird place right now where like I have a I I have pre-ordered a 3080. Who knows when it's gonna get here? Uh, an RTX 3080 from my PC. I I am entering these shuff these shuffles on Newegg and stuff to get a 3080 sooner. Which, you know, means I'm going to be in the hole, like, $1,400 or something, paying for this 3080 at, like, the absurd price Newegg is charging at this point, which is higher than MSRP when I pre-ordered it. But then, eventually, my old one's going to get here, 
do I yeah. sell it? Like, do I sell it at scalper prices? Cause that's what the market shows. Do I sell it at MSRP and like take a huge hit essentially? No, I, I, if yeah, I were I don't you, know I would to, sell it you know. and make your money back, you know, like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, you know, I, I don't consider myself a scalper. I'm doing it one time because I'm trying to get my, you know, I want to use my new PC to its, yeah. to the spec I laid out. No, I, I'm all, at the point where these... I'm willing to buy a 3090 at this point. Like, wow, yeah. But the 3090s, those bundles, they they bundle where 3090s are rare too. They're bundling them with like $800 motherboards, and so you can't get a 3090 at MSRP. You're paying a total of $3,000 and probably getting a part you don't want. Like, yeah. it, it's I hate the new egg bundle system that they're doing right now. It's terrible. Yeah, and like all these scarcity issues are exacerbated by the fact that like we're having a chip shortage too so it's yeah. just it's just going to be very difficult to get your hands on any of this hardware in the foreseeable future which sucks yeah but yeah um just just in general like the decision to reverse the store closures it harkens back to uh the most recent example i can think of is xbox they or rather microsoft announced an xbox live gold price increase which, you know, which was baffling to me because, like, I was under the impression that they were about to get rid of paid gold, like, for good and just have Game Pass, be, like, bundle it in with Game Pass. So th- that move really came out of nowhere, and I think a lot of people weren't expecting it either. And there was backlash to that, of course, and Microsoft backed off pretty quickly, which which leads me to think, like, and maybe this is the cynic in me coming out, like, do you think these moves are manufactured to generate good PR when when they're negated? No, I, I don't think. Because I, I do not feel goodwill towards Sony, like, right now. I, I feel yeah, that they... No, it's a net zero, right? Like, they made yeah. a bad decision, and now they're bad. No, it's still a net negative. Like, they were still going to do it. That was still a bad decision. The fact yeah. that they listened to people yelling at them means I dislike them slightly less. Like, if, if that is their intent, then they are sorely mistaken. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like overall, the decision was absolutely negative, but the the fact that they didn't do it definitely clears things up for me personally a lot. It, it clears it up a little for me, but like, I, but yeah, I still like, I mean, feel like like they made that call. They were willing to throw. I wouldn't want to be an indie developer for PlayStation right now either, because they were throwing you know, their beta. Fair. Yeah, because like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they didn't do it. But they were going to. They didn't care yeah. that they were throwing these developers under the bus. They didn't that, care. That's a very fair point. point. They, yeah, they for, see the numbers. You know, the numbers are not going to change uh, on the the people downloading from the Vita store and stuff. They're gonna. They're not going to increase. At least they're going to go down. And they saw those numbers, and they decided that they did not care about throwing those people under the bus. And yeah, no, that's a very fair point. They changed their mind is because people yelled at them. Yeah, uh, when it comes to, like, Vita developers specifically, you know, like, for those, for, like, what, like, three, four weeks where that news were, was out, they must have been in total disarray, right? Like, yeah, all of a sudden, like, yeah, what do we do? Like, their project I, was ruined. Yeah, and, I guarantee porting from Vita to something else is not easy. I mean, look at all the, uh, all the Kickstarters with uh, Vita ports promise that never came. Yeah, I mean, Vita, I mean, developing... For Vita is definitely a bespoke sort of thing, right? Like it doesn't translate into PC development very easily, I don't think. I can't imagine it does. Yeah, I mean, I, so. I think there's like a Unity build path for uh, PS Vita, but like it's still not. It's not as simple as changing your export, probably, especially if you were targeting Vita exclusively. 
but yeah, no, no, I think I think you're that's a very fair point, Connor. And I think I'm in alignment with your position, just considering from the developer's perspective, because, yeah, if anyone really got screwed there, it's it's them. Uh, the players are fine, right? The developers are the ones hurting. Yeah, so I mean, if I cared about my Vita, I'd have been upset, but I, I yeah. don't. So, dude, I was like this close to like buying a bunch of Vita games. I'm so glad I didn't like I, I really was about to do it. Because, like, you know, there are certain games that I won't ever be able to play again if they, or won't be able to buy if they take that store offline. Yeah. So, yeah, at least I, for now, I'm glad that it's not going anywhere. I, I think the only saving grace is that uh, I doubt the Vita online store ever did well because they tried to charge you, like, a million dollars for a memory card that was just a, an SD yeah, the memory card, a mediocre so, SD card. You know what's really interesting? I went down the rabbit hole of looking for a memory card, you know, because, like, I was I was in Vita prep mode, right? Like, I wanted that my Vita to last as long as possible. And I was looking at prices on eBay. They're just absurd for these memory cards. Like, the biggest one, like, the I think the, the biggest one is, like, 64 gigs. And, in like, often, like, the listings were over $200 for it. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Like, I, I it's definitely cheaper. Um, th- there's a hack you can do to make it use just an SD card. I, I don't. I assume it has to be a hardware hack, but see the problem with me though is like I I'm very hesitant hacking my Vita because I want trophy support. Why it's gonna get taken away anyway? <laughs> no, your trophies la- are tied to your account. You know. Yeah, so. I mean, eventually you're not gonna. Uh, you know, eventually they're gonna take away support for that. <laughs> for well, no, no. Once you earn a trophy, it's it's there. But I'm pretty sure you can forever. still earn trophies on a hacked Vita. The the Vita hack is very. Uh, my Vita is hacked. I don't use it for piracy. Uh, I, I play some indie games on it. I pl- I emulate on it. Yeah. Uh, just just to be clear, I I'm not one to condemn piracy, but uh, I've never had any issues. I can still access the PlayStation Store and everything on my hacked Vita. Interesting. Feeder. Okay. Because yeah. it, it's not always in quote unquote hacked mode. You have to like do something so, when you turn I'm, it on. Okay. So I guess my question is, does the hack involve like setting it to a certain firmware patch? It, well, I think you had to um. I think you had to be on a certain... I can still do online multiplayer, too, by the way. You okay, can still so then do, probably not, then. That's yeah, I think the hack thing. is easiest to do if you're already on a certain firmware. Uh, and for whatever firmware I was on, the hack was literally... Oh, there was, like, an exploit in the web browser, and you literally open up a website, and your Vita's hacked. Like, it was that simple. That's so funny. Yeah, and I don't know if that still works. That was years ago. But, uh, yeah, I still played online games. Uh, the store still opens and everything. Uh, I think I'm spoofing my firmware right now. I don't think I'm actually on the latest firmware. I think I'm. I set my Vita to lie about what firmware version it's on. Yeah, because I was and, afraid to update and, it. Yeah, I but mean, like, yeah, it's that's just a long. A, that's a long-term fix at this point. Like, normally I would not like that, but what are the odds of a significant firmware update coming out for the PS Vita? Like, you know, it's funny. Like over the past couple years, you'd get your odd like stability patches for the PS Vita, like. Even though, like, presumably very few people were playing it, but, like, I, I think at this point it's safe to assume you're not going to be getting one ever again. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, by the time I hacked my Vita, the, the, the Vita was over. You know, I, I don't like to hack stuff during, like, I, I see all kinds of things that make me want to hack my Switch, but I'm not going to do that during the console's actual lifespan. Right, yeah. No, like, I don't know. Like, 
my obsession with trophies gives me pause for lots of these things. So I mean, just look. Uh, the you know the websites about them will tell you. But I mean, if you don't want a hacked Vita, there's no reason to get one. Yeah. You know, the only reason for, in in your use case, I feel like the only reason would be to be able to use an SD card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in general, like I think. You know, like, obviously it shouldn't have been done in the first place, but I am glad that Sony backtracked on this. And Microsoft has a history of, you know, responding to fan feedback as well. So that's well and good. Does Nintendo, I feel like Nintendo is less responsive than Sony and Microsoft in general. I feel like Nintendo is not responsive at all. And I think part of that is a language barrier issue, you know. I feel like a lot of the outrage comes from the English-speaking world. And the Japanese, like, speaking executives of Nintendo don't care about that so much. I mean, Nintendo has Doug Bowser. They used to have Reggie, right? Like I know, have, I know, but those people have largely, at least to me, felt like a filter. So that, like, <laughs> you know, they they listen to it and ignore it because, like, or, or they listen to it and respond with like soft nothings uh, to kind of cover PR wise the fact that Nintendo does not care what its fans say to them. Yeah, Nintendo definitely does seem like the worst of the three well, in, in this regard. Nintendo's weird PR and like refusal to do stuff. Did you see um, Reggie joking about how he never announced uh, Mother Three on Twitter the other day? Yeah, I met, I saw some talk about that. wasn't too sure what that was about. Well, there, there's um, I mean, there's a long history of fans begging Nintendo to port Mother Three to the West, and they've never done it. And like Reggie was the one who dealt with the brunt of it, and he always had to kind of like pass it yeah. off because he didn't want to say they would never do it. And now he doesn't work for Nintendo, and he can right. say whatever he wants. So he, uh, Twitch, like, made a post saying, like, what what game is in your backlog that you've been uh, dying to play but haven't gotten to yet? And he uh, joked that he was he'd been meaning to play the English port of Mother Three. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, there's a fan like, translation, but yeah, you'd think that like even someone like Reggie, you know, after leaving Nintendo, would be in, like under NDA for X amount of years just to not talk about certain things. And I bet he is. Yeah, I'm sure he's not allowed to give out information, but I think like he can for, goof. He, I'm, I'm sure he like knows like the next projects, the major projects of the next five or ten years that he'll never be able to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like I haven't seen much of Doug Bowser. You know, like Reggie, like Reggie, Reggie was like catapulted to legendary meme status, right? Like. Yeah, but we haven't had like an E3 since Doug Bowser stepped up. We haven't had a. Uh... He he hasn't had as many opportunities yet because of yeah. COVID largely. Well, it's I, I don't know, like this this E three is shaping up to be an event, <laughs> for better or worse, right? It yeah, seems so maybe like it'll show be, up. Well, it's gonna be totally uh Yeah, online, I know, right? but sh- I mean so, show up as in like yeah, be in the videos and yeah. Right. Yeah, so that that's exciting. Yeah, E is coming up, which you know, like in three months. Even right? after COVID, I don't see them ever going back to the big you know, God, I, hope not. If I ever have to conference watch like a stupid orchestra play when I'm trying to learn about Dude, video games again. I'm going to lose my mind. What are you mind. talking about? It's so stupid and w- it's a waste of my time. I hate it. Dude, you're the worst. I hate you. <laughs> well, apparently everyone <laughs> agrees with me because they're not doing it anymore. Oh, man. No, I, I live for that stuff, dude. Then go see the Zelda orchestra. I'm so sad that whatever. it's gone. No, I mean, like, I love the, the hype and, like, the yeah. anticipation and stuff, but... I don't know. I Apparently like the I hype and anticipation, but when I when it actually comes to the event, I want to see the games. I don't care about the stupid. I don't want to see Xbox put a car on the show floor. Like I mean, I mean that's that, part that of the kind fun, of stuff though. I don't like. But you know, 
You only like the orchestra thing because it was about The Last of Us. Admit it. It wasn't. It was about God of War. Was it? No, there was one. They had one um, when they announced The Last of Us Two, where they had a uh, like a big tent set up, and they had a. Oh yeah, that that was a little stupid. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I that's know. what I'm talking about. The last. No, the they had the orchestra play along with the trailer, right? For God of War or something. Right, yeah. like they that live scored. They cool. live scored the. That, uh, yeah, that's that's that what the, I was thinking of. Yeah. Wasn't that the same one, the same E3 where they had where they cut away from that to the single guy playing a flute for a. Uh, uh, Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that whole E3. And then. Uh, not feeling. Uh, and then they brought the composer to play a song of uh, Last of Us Two to play play the guitar. Yeah, Gustavo oh, Santo Alaya. That yeah, was that was really weird. Yeah, presentation. It, it, it was a strange E three because like no new information was divulged, right? Like it was just like I don't know, like people were expecting announcements and we didn't get those, and nah, so it just the, came across was, as annoying. I'm pretty sure Monster Hunter World got announced at that one, didn't it? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think I so. I remember I was I was more excited than you at the end of it because Monster got, Hunter World yeah. had been announced. <laughs> No, like, but God of War, you got this huge like show and then flute. Dude, I will never forget that E3 conference where they announced God of War for as long as I live. That has been burned into my mind. I like, that was the orchestra, right? Yeah, that was the live orchestra. Like uh, that E3 and the E3 the year before that were the two most legendary E3 conferences, in my opinion. So I don't know. No, but the only the, the 2007 uh, E3 in Nintendo E3 is unforgettable with Wii Music. Oh God! I was gonna say like, what is that? But now I know it, exactly what you're talking about. And there's also the one where Skyward Sword didn't work on stage with Miyamoto. That was iconic. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like we've talked about this before, but like I, I also enjoy the cringe factor that comes with E3. But I can yeah. understand how that's. I, I don't. People don't. I, I will be happy to see that go away. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind. Of, it's a set, the end of an era, really, for on-stage cringe. I think Nintendo Direct is the patrician way to uh, distribute information about. I mean, yeah, Nintendo is leading the way on that, right? Like Sony's basically does directs now too. I I don't think, I think Microsoft's the only one that really still doesn't. But I'm sure Microsoft that's just drops stuff on Twitter, and I like that a lot too. Like the constant, str- like I I actually of my own volition follow Xbox Game Pass PC on Twitter because it announces games all the time that I'm like, oh, I have to play that, like. And I just wouldn't know about them otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old man. Like I don't, I don't check Twitter. Like that's not something I do. But uh, I do pay attention to these conferences when they're announced. So. Yeah, I feel like storefronts are just going to be the future of game announcements. Really. Like you know how many games I've learned about through just the front page of Steam. I used to. That was a now, long time ago, though. You know See, now. But that's a, no, so, they but used the, to be good games, though. Now they're yeah, just, like yeah. Now, now the front page of Steam is garbage, and that's true of every con. Like you look at the front page of um, the front page of like the Nintendo store right now. Like there's Mario, and then there's garbage. There's <laughs> just so many games on Steam. Yeah, now it's, it's the the indie apocalypse or whatever. You, you have know? right, so like, much trash to sort through. Exactly, you know, like for every for every gem, there's like ten yeah. pieces of garbage. I, I honestly kind of, I mean, I think it was probably just a logistics problem, but uh, you know, the storefronts opening up and like dropping all quality control is such a bad thing. Like, yeah, that's an that was an interesting decision. Um. <sighs> I don't know, at man. Some like, point, like I, I remember growing up and thinking that it would be like the coolest thing in the world to get a game on Steam. You know, you know how I got uh, Perspectrum on Steam. 
I paid one hundred dollars and they checked to see if the game ran. That's it. And <laughs> yeah, I like I, I definitely feel like it's it, it's a tough situation, right? Because like at some level, it definitely I think devalues your platform if it's full of like shovelware and stuff that's buggy and like you know definitely like hasn't been checked for quality like clearly. I, yeah, but like on the other hand, like it it lowers the barrier to entry so much for you know developers that I feel like and, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, does it really hurt the consumer that much? Like they're not, it's, it hurts the developers a lot. Like the, the fact, like I can make a game of very high quality and 10 years ago, that game getting on steam would have been like, it would be on the front page of steam. People yeah, would see yeah. this game got on steam and that would help me tremendously. Now, Getting my game on Steam means nothing. Like nobody, you know, nobody saw it. Nobody, like, you know, any anytime people saw it, it was because of marketing we did externally. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think itch.io probably did more for us for discoverability than Steam did. And itch.io, you know, they I I just talked to the guys. You know, they it's, threw me a bone. It's like Steam now is just a cesspool of shovelware and very poorly made erotic visual novels (laughs) yeah and i think steam especially has no excuse for that because like like the consoles and stuff there's no other way to get your game on that platform other than their storefront but there are other places that these like like steam could have let itself be the elite place to sell games and they chose not to do that for some reason you know like yeah steam was the first to open the floodgates right like both like the the playstation store and xbox store were all uh, and I think the Nintendo store were all like curated places for the for the longest time, right? But after yeah. Steam sort of opened the floodgates, they followed suit, and now you know there's I millions of games everywhere. I don't understand how the Nintendo floodgates got opened because I, I mean, you can get well, no, I I don't know how the Switch floodgates got opened. I haven't looked in a long time. I, I think the, it's uh, I'm a registered Nintendo developer and can buy dev kits uh, for the Wii U and 3DS if I want to, but I don't I th- believe I have access to the Switch. I think what happened was. With the Wii U and the Nindies program, they kind of made it real, a lot easier to be a third-party developer. Because right, like for Nintendo, a long time. Yeah, for a long time, Nintendo was, it was hard to be a parties. big third party with Nintendo. Right, and like, especially with the Switch, you know, like the Switch and Indies like are a match made in heaven, and you know that's for good and bad, right? Like we've gotten amazing Indies on Switch, but we've also gotten like, like we said, the the flood pool of garbage. There have also been some really unfortunately compromised ports on Switch. Like, I I was playing Gungeon on Switch for a while and didn't realize how bad of a version that was until I played it on my PC and switched over. Switched over. I see what you did there. Uh, Yeah, that was totally (laughs) intentional. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, but like, I feel like now that we're here, there's no going back, right? Like, there's no unopening Pandora's box. Like, Certainly not, no. There's no uh, imposing new restrictions on what can or can't be published to your storefront, so... Well, I, I, yeah, I think there's a space on the P... I mean, yeah, I think there's room on the PC platform, at least, to open a store that doesn't sell garbage. I, you know, if, if that was your platform... So, uh, how's the Epic Game Store? Like, I, I'm genuinely asking this, because I have, like, no experience... I don't know. Really. I have never looked at the store page on the Epic Game Store in my life. I, I was, I only, I, the thought just occurred to me, like, maybe the Epic Game Store could be that. Where the Steam Epic Game Store even... could absolutely be that, it, but they have not branded themselves. I mean, I think they are that. I think it is harder to get on Epic Games than it is to get on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I can't tell you if they are that, though, because the only reason I open Epic Games is to get exclusives and to get the free games they give me. Right, yeah. No, they're that's, definitely that's on trying me. to usurp Steam, but I don't think it's working. If, if they're trying to brand themselves as that, they're doing a bad job, because that is not what I think of them as. I think of them as the guys that give me free games and buy exclusives. And Yeah, isn't Epic the, losing, like, millions of dollars on their It's story? like $300 million a year they're losing, yeah, God, but they can afford money. it. They can, no, they're fine. They have Fortnite. It's they're, Yeah, it's for, Fortnite prints money, dude. It's a drop it's in just, the ocean. Dude, you know what, what's crazy? Like, I saw, I think, the metrics. Like, I think Apex Legends now has, like, 50 million active players, which is insane, yeah. right? Yeah, guess how many, I, guess how I mean, many Apex Fortnite has blown has. up lately. I'm having a ton of fun with it. Guess how many uh, active users Fortnite has? I don't know. 100 million. 300 million. God. Like, yeah. What even is entire, Fortnite at like, this point? Nearly the entire population of the United States plays Fortnite. Like, like just think about that. You know, like what that's, even is Fortnite? Like, it's it, at one point it was a battle royale, but now it's just like you want to put still, your licensed characters in here. Yeah, it's like a social. Th- there's a good video. I think it's by Errant Signal, but it's about the duality of Fortnite and how there's like this. Uh, there's two games there. There's this uh, battle royale, and then like copied on top of that and potentially the more important aspect is this social uh world yeah. that people live in going on kind of yeah it's really interesting what this whole the full the fortnite experience turned into like i never yeah, I mean, would have like really predicted yeah, why, get why am i going to a concert in my battle royale i mean i'm like, not but i'm not are. but like yeah do and especially like the younger crowd is like that's they're all about it you know like to think this all started with thanos yeah like, well yeah, like, really no, it's, it's, it it's wild to me like Thanos, but dude everyone will bend over backwards to get into fortnite you know like we've got sony exclusive characters like kratos showing up in fortnite we've got like you know obviously the all the marvel stuff happening like and the master chief uh yeah the xbox you know the, like xbox uh, putting there the only thing hold out right is nintendo and i don't know like if anything can get nintendo to like sort of break their sort of code i think it's fortnite you know I mean, what yeah. character would nintendo even put in Fortnite? mario and fortnite <laughs> that mario would be terrible no nintendo would never let mario hold a gun donkey kong oh wait fortnite. no that's already not true i forgot rabbits happened yeah i was yeah. about to say rabbits right God, I no i mean like i could see maybe like a splatoon and fortnite you know yeah splatoon or samus i could see yeah yeah it's it's gonna happen well, like, has, like so has nintendo zeitgeist. still hasn't you know folded right like nintendo still hasn't gotten their stuff in Fortnite yet as far as i know right right yeah okay like they're the only thing like the only corporation on the planet i, I think jonesy will be in smash before samus is in Fortnite. like but what uh, if it's at the same time yeah nintendo announces like their crossover with Fortnite. we get a Fortnite character in smash and nintendo characters in Fortnite. that could be interesting like i, mean, I feel it'd like jonesy jonesy is the Fortnite mascot you know i i just i'm still not i'm not over the fact that fortnite has become this cultural zeitgeist of i tried to play fortnite the other whatever. day i got really frustrated with it i uh better believe I fired it, it up and i was like yeah i'll play around and it immediately dropped me into this like single player story-based yeah, experience and i was like this sucks and then it crashed and i decided mm-hmm. i didn't want to play it that yeah bad. like i remember back like i i was into Fortnite when it first came out, right? I think everyone was. Everyone was playing it for a while. And then I yeah. didn't touch it for 
I was actually years. pretty late to the party, but yeah. right, like I didn't touch it until like a few months ago, where I like decided, hey, like let me just check out what's going on, and I had to jump through so many hoops to get into an online game. Like I yeah, don't. I think that's understand. a really weird call, like increasing the friction to get into yeah. an online game. Like, but I guess kids you might know love the ba- that. Like I don't know if I'm tricking anyone by saying this, but like I guess the babies playing Fortnite are content just playing against bots and thinking they're yeah, doing no, really they well. Like, oh, are you, are, are you playing against bots? I didn't even get that far. I like No, I, I was playing against bots for the first few matches and I was like, how is this possible? There's no way like I'm this good at Fortnite and it turns out no, like it was bots, but it was like so what, definitely what console was this on? It was definitely advertised as multiplayer. Um this I think I was on PS5. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I knew Switch, uh, Switch and mobile both put you against bots. I didn't know that it on PS5. Oh, it does it on PC too. That's insane. Yeah, yeah so they, I think you you definitely have to like jump through hoops to play multiplayer now, which I don't understand. But I mean, I I feel like the average person is not gonna notice it's bots. I don't know, man. <laughs> it, like, I mean, I don't maybe know. maybe that's why it's. I don't know, like, the, maybe the that's why, like, notice, it, one of two things is going to happen. They're either not going to notice it's bots, or they're going to queue up with their friends, and it's not going to be bots. Dude, I, I queued up with my friends, and it was bots. Well, like, were I your had, friends, like, high-level players or anything? Oh, no, 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 like, they, they just installed the game. Yeah, so, like, if you're queuing up with, uh like, people who've played before, you're going to not get bots, probably. Maybe. I, I remember when they, apparently when they first added it, like, even big streamers were getting bot games. Yeah, I don't know why they would add that. I don't know what... To make people feel good. Yeah, Yeah. I I feel like it must be to, like, appeal to, like... The little Timmies. The four-year-old who wants a PS5 to play Fortnite. You know, like... Like, that definitely exists. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean... I just couldn't get past the building element. Like that was the big oh, yeah. I mean, stopping yeah. Honestly, point. Honestly, no. Like I, okay, so if we're if we're doing this talking about Fortnite, like I actually thought the building was pretty cool. Like I thought there was enough like mechanical depth to it to be like rewarding to learn. But like I, the problem is like people got so sweaty so quickly with that. Like it just became unfun to play. Yeah, I, I, I never really liked it. I think difference. I think the gunplay in Fortnite is pretty good. At the very least, passable, probably a little better than that. And I, I, quite, I like the art style a lot. I, I think that Fortnite is a very good-looking game. And so, like, as a zone-out game to, like, just kind of play in the, you know, play while you're, like, just relaxing, I thought it was really cool, but I do not like the building. I just want to play a simple shooter. I don't yeah, want and, like... ba- and I guess, like, back in the day where it was, like, you either play Fortnite or PUBG if you want to play a Battle Royale, like, Fortnite was a lot more appealing, but now there's so many options out there. You know, now like you have... Yeah, I'm an Apex want, guy. Yeah, if you want stellar gunplay and great movement, just play Apex. Like, yeah, oh my god, Apex. If you want the movement a more serious kind of kind of shooter, play Warzone. Actually, Warzone's not that serious, but if you yeah, I was gonna say if you want to play Call of Duty, you play Warzone. Yeah, you play Warzone. No, if you want to yeah, play I'd, Call of Duty with 99 other people, you play Warzone. No, I yeah. I had a lot of fun playing Warzone. Like Warzone. Oh, I'm not dunking good. on Warzone. I'm yeah. just saying it's Call of Duty with more it's, people. Yeah, it's yeah. what you want. If yeah. you want like high skill, you play like hyperscape or something. Really? Apparently. I tried hyperscape out and I was just very bad at it. But, yeah, uh, apparently it has like a super high skill ceiling. I never tried it. But I love uh, Apex though. Yeah, Apex is probably one of the better battle royales we have right now. Yeah, I would I would argue it's probably the best. Right? Like I don't. Like I think that's great. a hard argument to make because like it's it's a battle royale hero shooter. You know? At, yeah, at it combines like. like 
the best elements of both. Right. Yeah, yeah, at I, some I guess point, the flavor is different purely, enough. Yeah, like I guess you're arguing it's not purely a battle royale, right? Well, no, I'm, I'm arguing that it has enough differences to Fortnite that I, I would struggle to compare the two. I think Apples to Oranges is a fair argument here because, like, they're both battle royales, but, like, they taste I different think, when you play them. I mm. think my one of the main things I had about Fortnite was the weapons, compared to Apex, the weapons of Fortnite, they just feel bad. Yeah. Like, they don't sound good. You fire well, a gun Not Apex, everybody can be good. You know? Nobody, nobody makes better gunplay than Respawn. Like... It's even down to sound. Like when you and fire, plus the like fact that I, I don't know, Fortnite, uh, Fortnite is a third-person shooter, which you know I feel like most first-person shooters are definitely more fun to play than third-person shooters. See, yeah. I, I actually I think I think that's another thing that just separates uh, Fortnite so much in my mind is that third-person is inherently more casual than first-person. A first-person controller is uh, far more confusing to a new gamer. Yeah, uh, and also like. You know, we're all used to it. We've been playing FPSs for, like, forever, I'm sure. But, like, new new people, like, first-person cameras make people motion sick. You know? It, it doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but they totally No, do. no, you're absolutely right. I've, I've introduced video games to people before who don't play them, and the first-person perspective really sort of melts their brain. You know, like, and yeah. I don't blame them. You know, like, it's a very... Uh, it's something we take for granted that takes a lot of adapting to. Yeah. where Where's my guy is the, is the phrase you'll hear. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I remember trying to learn how to play Metroid Prime as a kid. I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> I feel yeah, I they, like, yeah, go ahead. Like my, I'm just gonna talk about sound for a little bit. Like Fortnite's guns just sounded. They do sound terrible. They sound terrible. Like toys. Yeah. Like you, you, you shoot a gun in Apex, and you just have right this massive piece of death in your hands, and you, and it sounds well, like it. So I'll, I'll the argument counter I guess counter argument here is that you know look look at Fortnite's art style right like it's it's definitely appear uh, trying to appeal to a younger crowd too right so I guess the the weapons don't have the same oomph for that reason I mean look at Borderlands art style as well counter argument yeah but Border Borderlands is pretty graphic right like it can get violent and stuff yeah. there's no blood or anything like that in Fortnite the art style does not excuse bad sounds though honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I see your point. You know, I, I just, I, I, I guess the argument I was making was that like maybe they shied away from realistic sounding guns because it, it was like kitty. But uh, like it doesn't have even have to sound realistic, but you need more oomph. Like I remember there's a story about Wolfenstein where the MP5 and the Thompson were the same gun stats wise, but people thought the MP5 was better because it sounded louder. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole, that's it. That's the whole story. No, I mean I definitely sounded better. I definitely agree that like, uh, like the way the weapons sound, like especially like not even just shooting, but like the way they reload and stuff is so important in like a first person shooter, especially. Yeah. But games that do it really well in third person shooters, like you know The Last of Us Part Two's third person gameplay is like second to none in my opinion and like part of that is due to the outstanding sound design in that game i also want to go back to like gears of war the every gun yeah, in gears, gears of war, of war as sounds well. yeah. really good and it, same studio <laughs> like how'd they go wait from, who did gears of war again i believe the first two were epic right i don't think so ready at dawn right was it no, no ready at dawn's doing gears now yeah yeah it was epic Really? I didn't yeah, know that. it was Epic. Yeah, yeah, it was created by Epic Games. 
So Gears of War three was the last one by Epic, I believe. Yeah, wow, Gears of War was Epic like their so yeah, they went from Epic Games to Fortnite. What happened to their sound team? I mean, okay, I I get what you're saying, but uh, there's there's something to be said for unrealistic guns, I think, and like toy gun sounds and stuff. Like it's yeah, it's less upsetting to parents. I feel like that these guns don't feel real at all. Yeah, and I think that's part of the argument I was making, right? Like, I I think they were less concerned with making realistic gun sounds because they knew they were targeting, like, a younger crowd. Yeah, like, like Fortnite... Fortnite very clearly doesn't want you to think about the fact that you're shooting people, you know? That's not what the game's... You know? Like, Fortnite does not want to be a violent game, which it it obviously is, but it doesn't want to be that. Like it wants to be this cartoony good time you're having. Yeah, with your it's friends. it's like a it's a T-rated shooter, right? And, and if I feel like I'm shooting like a very real shotgun at someone's face, that kind of conflicts with that uh, design ideal. And it's even less it's less on the teen uh, perspective than something like Uncharted, right? Uncharted is rated T for teen, and there is blood in Uncharted I, for sure. Is right? Fortnite rated T? I feel I thought it was rated like E10 or something. There's, I don't think you can have guns in a game and have it be rated E. I don't think that's yeah, but you possible. can be E10. Uh, Shadow the Hedgehog was E10. <laughs> okay, Shadow the Hedgehog. Famous. <laughs> no, famously, Shadow the Hedgehog was going to be grittier and like maybe either more or less oh. stupid. There's no telling. But then they backpedaled because the E10 rating was created while Shadow the Hedgehog was in development. Was made for that. Okay, game. so I I, yeah. I just looked it up. Fortnite is rated T, you know, 13 plus. So okay. yeah, I I think yeah, That's it's weird. very. I think I I aside player, from I Shadow the Hedgehog, which is just a terrible example of everything. <laughs> no, I can't Shadow, think Shadow of the Hedgehog, Hedgehog is the iconic game. E10 game. It is the definitive oh, e10 game. it really is it's like that's that's the max for an e10 game to get away that is with. the most e10 a game can possibly so, okay be. no do you think if it came out today it would still be e10 oh definitely yeah yeah no it follows the rule it follows the spec to a t like it's it has aside from cursing. shadow the hedgehog i can't think of another game in which you wield a gun and it's not rated t or above um i think uh uh, I'm racking my brain here. I de- they definitely exist because I played them as a kid because I wasn't allowed to play rated T games until I was 13. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I was the same. To, to look at my media. They didn't no, yeah, me. just, uh, you know, personal story. Like, all my friends were playing, like, Halo and Call of Duty, and I was sitting here begging my parents to let me play with them. But Oh, my God, same. That was uh, a nightmare. Like, Going to going to birthday parties when you're 13 and like your friend just got a, a new Xbox 360 and they're playing Halo 3 and you're not yeah. allowed to play it so you just sit there and watch. And you know like you know I get it you know like I I do get it now right but back I, then like so I get it I I get it but I resent it a little bit and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it down why I think that had my parents bothered to educate themselves about the games at all Halo would have been an exception <laughs> I. I I see okay, no so reason. Okay, so maybe Halo would have been a, an exception, but definitely not like Call of Duty for my family. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I could have seen my parents being my parent like it, GTA is the one that comes to mind that like my parents never would have let me play. As oh yeah, game. yeah. But, if like, I, if I if I have a kid, I'm not letting them play GTA when they're like eight nah, years old. <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. No, I mean, <laughs> obviously we we've talked about this from the perspective like how 
the perspective of a bunch of people who don't have kids and how we feel about how right, you should yeah. your kids. We've already we've said that, but like I I very much think that like the M rating is a very broad umbrella because you can't it's compare super. GTA to destroy all humans. Those are not the same thing. I'm actually it was destroy all humans rated T. I, I think like AO was a thing for a while, right? But like, still I don't thing. think that AO I think still they a thing, but it's mostly porn. And like yeah, okay. uh, porn and mass. Yeah, I think there like, there's definitely like a gradient there that they should or tap into, right? Like, like nothing, you know, like it's not just blood and gore or porn, you know. Like there could be levels to how. Yeah, like one I, of those I things, GTA, like rated M, think, could be divided into several levels, you know. Yeah, I I like Peggy more. Like Peggy has the the thirteen plus, the sixteen Peggy plus, 18. and the eighteen. Yeah, so like uh, yeah. Six, 16 makes sense for Call of Duty. 18 makes sense for GTA to me. Like, and then obviously, like, I don't think it should be like set in stone law. Like, parents can make decisions for their kids. The thing about like adults only is that most games retailers. And that's not a problem yeah. anymore. But back in back in the carry, wild yeah. western days, they wouldn't carry adults only games. So there really was only provided for uh porn games. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted violence, you'd typically just butter up the ESRB enough that they give you an M. Yeah. The 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 whole ESRB rating system is extremely weird. Have you guys ever looked into it? It's super weird. Not too much. The ESRB does not play your game. You uh you send your game, uh you send them footage of what you consider the most egregious parts of your game mm. and make your case for what uh what they should give you. And that's why you see instances of like the esrb backtracking and all and i don't think i I, when i was a kid i resented that i thought like that's really stupid like the esrb should be making these like if they're gonna call themselves this but like they're they're not particularly well funded i don't think the esrb exists only to keep the government from legislating on games yeah it's it's literally there to keep uh, the moral guardians yeah i don't know if they'll be able to keep them from doing that for long really I yeah, you see these stories all the time of like these politicians looking into games like oh these oh games yeah, violent. but it's always and, like, like right wing politicians looking for like looking, looking for something to, to get blame mad yeah, and yeah. it never it never nothing it's ever comes of it. They they can maybe I mean I can see it happening like in a state, but I don't think it'll ever pass nationwide. You know I think like me growing up, my parents didn't care about the ESRB ratings. They, if I wanted a game, I'm just like oh, okay, it doesn't look too bad. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I feel like most, at least most of my friends' parents were like that too. But mine were definitely, you know, like, but like, you know, after after I got, you know, Halo and Call of Duty, the floodgates opened from there, right? Like it's, after that, I played anything I wanted to. It's it's just kind of like, I think back during like the big scares, people didn't realize that if you're a normal functioning human, you could tell the difference between what's happening on the screen and what's. And the fact that it's not real. Yeah, but children are not normal functioning. Yeah, either. I was gonna say like, like that. That's true for like I think teenagers. And, even when I was a kid, you know, like, I kind of yeah. No, like, I, know, like, I do not doubt <laughs> that when you were a kid you were like that. But I have known many kids in my life that I do not trust to know the difference. <laughs> like true. yeah, I, I know like you know like some a kid who's like five, six, seven years old. I don't know if I'm comfortable with them like watching me play Call of Duty or something like that. You know. So. I don't know. Eh. <laughs> it builds character. I I mean, <laughs> it builds character. I think it builds. I, I'm not a psychopath. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, blade and sorcery te- teaching me the opposite, though. I'm pretty sure I'm like <laughs> messed up. 
Yeah, so you- I, 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 I actually think uh, there's a strong case that VR, uh, VR is not a good idea for children. VR is not. No, no, there, VR is, uh, there are disclaimers on like all VR games. Like I think you have to be at least eight. Right? Yeah, is it eight? even it might be older than that. I forget. Yeah, but I but think there's that's definitely like a hard age requirement. It's bad for kids' eyes. It's bad for eyes, and you also have to get your VR legs. It might be bad for their perception of reality too. Yeah, that's oh, what man, I. Man, I get. I lose my perception of reality in that too. It's yeah, super I think, easy to just lose your perception of what's real and what's not. It's really specific to a kid, because like. No, I mean, I, I get it. Kids right? do. Kids will do acts of violence because they don't understand the consequences at at many at at a lot of different ages. And I think giving the media that feeds that is definitely something that parents have to make the call on because mm-hmm. it's such a case by case thing. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like you show them it and then you have to discuss like why that's not OK, which does make me think M for mature is a pretty good moniker because it's. It's not setting a specific age. It's saying like, "Hey, is this person mature?" Like, it's all about it's all developed enough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a massive tangent. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what we were originally talking about. I, I that's been remember. this whole episode. We've just kind of yeah. bounced around rambling. topics. And I think that's fine. But yeah. uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to talk about the games we've been playing. What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing 104.3 hours of Factorio. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, I Yeah, I don't remember the day I bought this game, but I can say for certain I'm playing an egregious amount of it. I I think I mentioned starting the space exploration mod uh, last week, I think, or whenever yep. we last recorded. I just now actually got to space last night. <laughs> it, there's a lot of buildup, and that's when the mod actually starts. Uh, and that, that's, I think, 60 hours it took us to get to space, something like that. Me and my buddy. Jeez. Uh, yeah, because I think it was 40 hours for that first factory. So that would make it 60 hours to get to where we are now, getting into space. And uh, I could do it faster on a, on a second try, uh, for sure. But this game, it, it I, I see it a lot that, like, Factorio is the factory game. Like, there there is no other... It is an absolute masterclass in this genre. And I I can't even imagine... A game doing what Factorio does better than Factorio because it does it so perfectly. Like there, there is not because of the mod support, there is nothing I would change about Factorio. Not a single thing. Like there are a couple of little features that I think could be added, but you, you they can they're gonna get modded in. Like any and like you can kind of choose your um you can choose your difficulty more or less using mods. Like me and my buddy Ty. Uh, we've been clashing a bit lately because we play the game differently, and I'm hosting a server for us. And when he when he sees a complicated problem, he his like first thought seems to be to download a mod to make it a little less complicated. Whereas I think that that Ooh. like it's yeah I I hate it, but it's it's what's happening. And I say no every time because I hate it. My solution is always to find like you know how can we solve this problem with the vanilla mechanics and factorio has so many like complexities that there typically is a way like we we just set up a train yard and um all of our like satellite bases that are providing us with materials are self-repairing but what we've been doing previously is loading the materials to repair onto every train that goes to visit them but the problem is you lose a little bit of space on your train doing that and also like it's kind of 
it's a little finicky to get set up. So instead, we've set up a system where when the bases run low on a certain supply, they send out a signal that calls a train to come deliver supplies to them. And that's all vanilla. Like, yeah, we're playing a massive mod right now. But you can set up something that complex to have your self-repairing bases request resources on your train network to come fix them up and everything. You know, obviously we have to keep construction robots and everything there to actually do the repairs, but it's just incredible. And like, I, I'm i super into the biters, uh, and he likes to play without the biters. What does uh, that mean? Biters are the enemies in the game. So whenever we need a, uh, a new deposit, you know, if you're playing without enemies on, you can just go tap into the new iron mine you need. Where we have uh, biters turned on, Typically, we have to go clear out all the biter nests surrounding it uh, so that they're not constantly attacking us while we build it and then constantly attacking it while it operates. Yeah, I can see how that gets annoying. It, it is annoying, but at but the it's same kind time... Of like, yeah, at the same time, I was going to say, like it, it sounds kind of like the barbarians in Civilization. Like, they're yeah, it's supposed a challenge to be of the game. Like, eventually, yeah. biters... Like, at this point, we've upgraded our lasers quite a bit, and Ty just said, you know, screw it, and he built a blueprint... So we don't even have to build the bases anymore. We just stamp the blueprint down and stand there while our robots build it for us. Yeah. And he set a blueprint that has like just a, a, a like four thick wall. And then that wall has a layer of lasers behind it that is too deep. And like the bugs are just going to go up against that wall and then get cut down by the lasers. And so like we really don't even have to clear out the nests anymore except on site if we don't want to. It's just we'll lose a few fewer resources. And, like, we've unlocked atomic bombs that we can shoot at the uh, at the nests, and those clear them out pretty quick in a pinch. They're expensive, but... And that's the other thing about Factorio, is that if you're playing it right, nothing is expensive forever. Eventually, everything is cheap. Nearly unlimited. As long as you can keep your base fed. And it's just... The, the, the way it scales is just very cool to me. Very satisfying. We're we're trying to set up. Uh, believe it or not, the the vanilla Factorio experience is pretty cut and dry for transportation of resources. You're either using robots, you're using trains, or you're using belts. And the space exploration mod obviously it introduces rockets, and rockets can carry a lot of stuff. It introduces delivery cannons, which are literally just cannons that shoot your stuff as hard as they can at another planet. And uh, if you don't Jeez. have uh, if you don't have like somewhere for it to land, it'll get damaged, and you'll lose some of it. If you have somewhere for it to land, uh, it won't get damaged, and you get all of it. And that's uh, we're we're trying to do the numbers right now because it's not immediately clear which of those is cheaper to use, and it's super situational. Like if you're moving raw materials like water or something, you just shoot them because it doesn't matter. But like if you're wanting to move something complicated like science packs, maybe you should use a rocket. But you could also move the raw materials to make a science pack with the delivery cannon and then make it on site. It's There's so many decisions you have to make. And once you make the decision, you're not stuck with it. You know, you can always undo it. The robots work fast and you can deconstruct anything. But you feel a little stuck with your decision after you put, like, hours into building it, you know? And it's just crazy. I There's so much to this game. I feel like I could play it forever. So okay, so where do you go now that you're in space? So are right there... now there are there's something called rocket science packs that we're making. So I guess this is more I've been playing the space exploration mod than Factorio, but now that we're in space, 
uh, the first thing we need to do is get rocket science packs getting produced, which are like science packs are like what you're trying to make. That's how you unlock new uh, things that you can craft and stuff. And uh, there's a whole can of worms. We're building a factory in orbit right now because you can only make you can only craft uh, the space exploration science packs can only be crafted in space. So we have to find out how we're going to get all those materials into space and then get them there and then craft them into the science packs. And we also have to send all the science packs we're making on the ground up to space because they're no good to us there anymore. And uh, our rocket production is pretty good. We make rockets really fast. But uh, we're not shooting them like on a timer or anything yet. It's very complicated. Uh, once we have that set up, uh, my next plan is uh, we've explored most of our solar system with satellites. And uh, I want to quit setting up uh, outposts on our homeworld. I would much rather, like, get all of our iron off of a planet that is, like, covered in it and uh, just set up an outpost there that just mines iron and then shoots it to our base where we need it. Sounds but absolutely that's, wild. That that's extremely, You can shoot resources yeah, like, across planets, you know? Yeah, we also, we just set this up just now because uh, we don't really know what we need in space yet. So we set up a cannon that uh, we just kind of have our robots put whatever we need in the cannon and shoot it up to us when we're in orbit. And you also have to set up life support systems in orbit. Like, your air is not unlimited up there. You have to set up a life support system. And you, you could produce life support canisters in space. But uh, it's not easy. And uh, you need coal and water to create the uh, the air, I guess. I don't, I don't really understand how that works necessarily but coal and water to produce oxygen to breathe. So you either make the life support canisters on the planet and shoot them up to you, or you shoot the raw materials up to make them in space. It's complicated. <laughs> and, like, the, the pods that you have to shoot stuff in are kind of expensive. So, like, I think if you're making the pods, I think you're using enough iron that it's not really worth it to shoot iron in them. Like you're spending more iron on the pod than you actually get to shoot, which is annoying. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just a huge amount of math. Whereas you could, the, the rockets can hold a lot more than the pods can. The rockets can hold a, a ridiculous amount of stuff, but there's also like a small chance the rockets crash. Just like, there's just you know, so much rockets do. And then there's just the fact that like, even like the vanilla parts of the game are still breaking down. Like our, uh, our home world, we're out of iron right now. We need to set up a new iron outpost. And that's kind of annoying. I really want to find like a massive iron. That's why I kind of want to set up a uh, one on a different planet that has more of it. There are also planets that have no enemies. Uh, those are pretty common. And those you don't have to put any defenses on your bases or anything. There just sounds like so much going on at any given moment with this it's game. An absurd, it's, yeah, it's an absurd amount going on. But I, uh, I genuinely... It's, it's one of the best $30 I've ever spent because I'm at 100 hours now and I do not foresee myself stopping playing this game anytime soon. And it'll it, it like runs on anything like people on the people on the uh, red. Well, runs on anything that is a PC Mac or Linux. Because uh, people on the like people are talking about lowest specs that you can run Factorio on because like people on the subreddit are so addicted to it. They're buying a cheap laptop so they can play it when they go on vacation, you know? Jeez, dude. Yeah. And it'll run on a pretty cheap laptop <laughs> and you can run it on. Apparently 
this is how dedicated the people who play this game are. There are like people who build mega bases. Uh, for for reference, my base is structured to do about 120 science per minute, uh, and that is not including the loss of efficiency that you get. Um, the uh, the assemblers in the game do not craft like the crafting time. They like have like a 0.75 modifier on that or something, and I didn't do that math, so I spec'd it out assuming that they were like one. The modifier was one, and I tried to do 120 science per minute. And my factory is gigantic. I spent 60 hours on it. The uh, but there are people online who do something called a mega base, which is like a thousand science per minute. I've seen ten thousand science per minute. Like these people are insane. And uh, at that point, they're m- much like where I got to in Noita. They're pushing up against the uh, the limitations of the game and how much how many updates per second it can do. Uh, yeah. Given all that going on. And there are people who have found, like, the game runs better on Linux under certain Linux configurations. And there are people, like, if you're building a megabase, you have to do this specific Linux distro and, like, install Jeez, these certain packages dude. if you want that's, your base to run decently. That's a whole new kind of sweaty. That's what yeah, it's insane. There's, like, like using belts is ill-advised. You should not use uh, belts if you're doing a mega factory because belts are slightly laggier than logistics robots are. So you should just do all of your transfers that you can on logistics bots and trains. It's just insane, and I cannot get enough of it. I don't see myself ever... Well, it's too soon to say that. I could maybe see myself building... If I turn biters off, I could see myself doing a mega a mega base and getting up to 1,000 science per minute someday. But... I don't know. It ain't easy. Because <laughs> the farther away you go from spawn, it seems, the more... Uh, the more ore is in each patch. So eventually you have to like grab new ore patches less and less. And that's getting a little tedious at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I, I could go on for hours about Factoria, so I'll, I'll cut off now. But I... Yeah, I guess you, we'll... Uh, if you yeah. like TechIt or you like Satisfactory, you have to play Factorio because it, it blows both out of the water. I was going to say, I guess we'll hear about uh, any updates next week. Yeah, probably, because I, I can't remember. Yeah, I just don't see myself. I've played Apex Legends as well, but Factorio is, you know, I haven't played any new games like I typically do. I don't have yeah. anything new to talk about. <clears throat> How about you, Mike? So I have a couple games to talk about. First, I'm going to talk about a factory game that really left me wanting. Like, Hydraneer. Uh, it's just, just not for me. The whole Hydra- you, uh, It's a factory game where you can only hold one item at a time. Do you like build underwater or something? No. Okay. You mine. Trying to assume based off the name. You mine. Make a factory that mines for you. That's the game. <laughs> That's it. It's. It got a lot. I saw it get a lot of praise because it's simple. You take shovel. You shovel dirt. You grab bucket of water. Pour in thing and get gem. Carry bucket full of gem back. But it's it's so grindy because you can only carry one thing at a time. You know, just listening to you describe this makes me think it sounds like uh, Factorio for cavemen. Yeah, it, it really is just Factorio for cavemen. It it doesn't just, offer any of the depth or any of the mechanics behind it. It's just dig hole, clean off dirt. That's how I felt with Forager. It, it felt like trying to get those big numbers without really earning them. I, it's it's just so slow to go buy stuff. You manually have to carry the money to the store. 
in your only hand. <laughs> it's you buy something, you have to manually unload it from the truck with one hand. It's it, it's just so tedious. Everything in that game is tedious. Building a conveyor system one by one. Is there any chance that like later in the game, once you finally automated some stuff, it gets better? Or nope, I I literally just to get like the full experience, I downloaded a mod that make, gave me infinite money. Oh god, <laughs> and it still didn't make it any better. That's a shame. Yeah, it's, it's. I just... was really hoping you were gonna say Dyson Sphere program. I really want to hear somebody talk about that eventually. Yeah, I think, I've I've been been hearing about, about that. I've been hearing about that game too. I I've, been, I've actually been playing it. Oh really? Are you gonna yeah. talk about it? Uh, not yet. Okay, I was gonna I'm say, gonna, I it's, it's, I could talk about it in a bit, but uh, the second. Well, game wait, is, wait until you have your thoughts together, because I, 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 I want to seriously hear about it, because I hear the only things I've heard is that it has potential where yeah, it's an early it, access game. It feels better than Factorio for me. Wow. Right now, like it, it does all the things that that mod you're describing natively. Yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping for. It it uh it looked simpler than Factorio on a on a like ground level, but then more complicated in like, a space like getting, interstellar way. Getting out of getting out of a uh, off a planet, you can do it in maybe an hour. Wow. Yeah. I mean that makes sense because it's it's more about space than Factorio it, is. Yeah, it doesn't take long to get all the resource your resources set up. Yeah. I'll but, definitely be trying Dyson Sphere program eventually, but I'm tempted to wait until it leaves early access. The other game I was going to talk about was Blade and Sorcery, which is a VR game. Yeah, you mentioned uh, it last week. Any updates from that? Uh, did I? How much did I talk about it? I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded, but uh, yeah, you just mentioned it like you mentioned it like it was super visceral and like the effects were like really good. Like it really yeah, felt it, like you were stabbing through something when you swung it, your sword. It makes me feel like a psychopath. That's that's like I I don't know why I get this weird joy from like sword fighting, but I do. I mean, like I feel like every little kid, you know, it's, fantasizes it's, about sword fighting, right? I'm like I think a that's kid like in a candy store. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Plus the mod abilities there. Like, you ever bring a Glock to a gunfight? That's that's the <laughs> sword part. What's sword what's fight? the sorcery part? Uh, I you have three spells. One of which is like this force power that I can use to like lift people up in the air, or like grab their leg and rip it, or like flip them. So it's basically a Star Wars simulator because you can like have your sword be you a lightsaber. Your lightning. Yeah, you can. You have the lightning and fireballs. Fireballs are a little okay. weird though, but it, it works really well. I when I get my controller in, I'm gonna try the two-handed weapons because those look like a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I could use them, but honestly, I I just like playing it. It's fun to just mess around and move around in the world. Is there? Is it like mostly PvP? It's all PvE. Okay. There's any more? I was wondering, like, it'd be it'd be pretty sick if like they implemented like a VR PvP type thing. VR PvP is tough with melee weapons because the tracking, uh, because the tracking janky very quick, and also like. Two people swinging swords at each other in VR. Like, how do you resolve that? You know. Yeah, one one day we're not quite there yet. Like, the AI is challenging enough in Blade and Sorcery that it's like it's not a problem. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna get hurt a good bit. But 
it's just the weightiness of the swords is good. Like, if you don't have a proper grip on a weapon, it's going to flop around like a wet noodle in your hands. Not like a literal wet noodle, but it's going to feel like it's a wet noodle. And I'm sure it'll feel even better once you have your... Uh, once I have controller. two hands? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Those, those, that claymore is going to be swinging. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just like things that have weight. Like, I feel like... No, I get VR, it. Like, that's, like, super important for immersion, so... Early VR suffered from everything being, like, noodles. Yeah. Yeah. And being kind of low-tech. Like, I've been looking at a lot of VR games I missed out on, and I don't even want to try them because they're early-gen VR games. Yeah, I really want to play Job Simulator still. But it's, yeah, I've, I've, it was on I, sale for a little bit. It's I still on it. sale. It's it's in a Humble Bundle right now, I'm pretty sure. I and think I'm on the Humble Bundle ended. Oh, well, I was on the edge of buying it. And I, 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 I've played Job Simulator, and I've I think I've done everything in job simulator and it's fun but like it's it's yeah, like a it's not half life alex you know? i'll tell you that yeah <laughs> i bought it for the stealth game honestly and the uh the ninja the ninja parkour one i'm gonna get motion sick soon yeah. oh yeah. yeah i can't wait <laughs> i i just i just, i like moving oh if you have game pass mike you should try out uh star wars squadrons oh i i oh, god i gotta get now i gotta get game pass or just get Star Wars Squadrons, but it's it's VR yeah. implementation is quite you can good. Do like the I think if you first sign up, you can sign up for like a dollar and uh, for uh, of gold and like convert it to Game Pass or something. That's something like, something like that. Think, right? But yeah, once I get my controller, on, I think I'm gonna go through a VR bender and just try all the VR games I've missed out on. Maybe play more VR Phasmophobia because that's actually kind of fun. Once you get past the initial VR legs, it's not bad. Yeah. It's just that I was having trouble and I hadn't gotten my VR legs. Now that I have them and I'm used to moving in VR, it's not throwing off my balance as much. Yeah, you really once you play VR a lot, it kind of goes away, but I've never been in a position where I play VR a lot, so that's my favorite. Yeah, I feel like every every, every time I play VR, I have to like regain my VR legs, I feel like. Yeah, my VR setup kind of sucks cuz I I don't have enough HDMI ports on my graphics card to have my tv and my vr headset hooked up at the same time and i use the tv more so i always have to like get behind my pc and plug in my headset when i want to use it and that like tiny bit of friction is enough to stop me most of the time yeah i think that's the bonus behind the quest 2 it's uses usb 3.0 as its link cable so i don't have to have a free hdmi port yeah we mentioned like facebook is really solving like the convenience problem right like and i think that problem will get solved even better as vr progresses and I think, you know, I, like, the initial, like, I, I'm right with you, Connor. Like, I've, I've been there where, like, I want to play VR, but I don't want to go through the hassle of setting it up. And that yeah. problem's going to go away, I think, very quickly. I, I mean, can't wait till they add a wireless support that I don't want to buy virtual desktop for. Yeah, I'm a, I'm looking nice. at a headset that, and to be clear, I, I'm, for, for any VR enthusiasts in the crowd, I, I am well aware that this headset may or may not exist. But there's one called the Deca Gear 1 that has been announced. And uh, it's 450 bucks, has higher resolution than the Index, 90 hertz, has the knuckle controllers from the Index, and has a wireless mode. Like, uh, I really, nice. like, I was, I think I was skeptical in VR, but I feel like <laughs> VR is going to be the future of gaming. Dude, that's what I'm telling you. Like, everyone who tries VR, I feel like, is a believer. Yeah, like, you have to try it. 
it's, I'm a believer in VR, but I hate when people call it the future of gaming. I don't think that's true at all. It's yeah, okay, okay, so yeah, I, cool. I agree. With I think that. It's, it's a. It's, I think it's part of the future. It's of gaming. going to be an integral piece of the future of gaming. I yeah, think. I, yeah, I will agree to that for sure. But I don't think flat screen games are going away. No, now, I, d- okay. I don't want them to go away, dude. Like, I like. Are you kidding me? Like, if if v- gaming was only VR in the future, like that's cool. But like, I, well, I would there miss is a world in which experiences. Like, you know, VR headsets, VR is the future for my personal workspace. Probably like the moment I, I get a VR headset that can simulate a uh, 1080p screen. Uh, <laughs> suddenly I don't need my dual monitors anymore. Cause yeah. I can have a, you know, I can put on my VR headset and I have as many monitors as I want. I can yeah. have my, you know, I can have a million windows open when I am stuck on a programming problem on stack overflow. And, uh, I think Oculus Quest is actually really taking advantage of that market right now. They even have keyboards that uh, the Quest can track now for productivity. Very cool. Yeah, I think... And that's huge. That that means the world to me. Because uh, the thing about VR is VR offers an entirely different experience and a lot of more interactivity than standard flat screen gaming. Like, you can yeah. only do so much with, a Wii, you know, say, a Wiimote, but you yeah, stick it, someone it in VR. It fulfills the promise of motion controls, for and, sure. Oh, like, man, the Wii Walk so VR could run. Yeah. <laughs> I Very hate well to put, say yeah. it, but it, it, that's what happened. Like, Nintendo Nintendo blazed that trail, and then companies just jumped on it. Makes you think what, what big next innovation Nintendo is going to blaze the trail for. Because they seem to have a tendency to do that. I, I, don't, think, I don't think the Switch is going to be that big innovation. No, I think I don't think anyone's going to try to emulate the Switch, but like I know the Nintendo's going to keep innovating. They're going to find yeah. something. Like the Switch is cool, but it's not a game changer, really. I I honestly I haven't touched my Switch in a while. I don't go enough go enough places to carry my Switch with me. Yeah. Which is probably the only place I'd be playing my Switch. All right. So uh you good, Mike? Yeah. All right, so I'll round us off uh, on a bit of a downer this week, I guess. Uh, I've been playing Days Gone, mm. and uh, uh. you know, like I, so this was one of the few Sony, or rather the PS4 exclusives I had never played, and I've given it a shot, and uh, I do hear that you know it gets better, it gets better, but like, how much time am I willing to invest until I get to that point, right? Like, so where I am currently, I've put a couple hours into the game. And I'm not really liking it at all. Like it's it's very uh, it's I think grading is the right word. Like there are a lot of solid ideas there. Like the way the game uses sound. Like sound is a huge mechanics. because like, like you know like it's a zombie based survival story driven game. And uh, and like your motorbike is a big mechanic too, which is cool in principle. Like there's a lot of unique mechanics with it. Like you can shut off your engine while you're moving downhill to conserve fuel as well as like be quieter and like not be noticed by zombies and stuff like that. But everything just adds up and is less than the sum of its parts. You know, like um, the characters themselves are extremely grating to me. Like they're just flat out annoying. (laughs) And I, you know, like it don't want to sound mean saying that, but like, I feel like, you know, the voice actors for this game either were not given good direction or, like, the direction for the game is just something I find pretty grating. Like, the the main character, Deacon, like, 
he reacts to things in like really odd aggressive ways that i don't appreciate and it's just it's just sort of annoying to sit through you know like there's been a, quite a few cutscenes at this point and it's just like i could not care less about these characters and like i feel like they were sort of going for it like kind of like the last of what the last of us did right like ruin world focus on the characters but obviously you know naughty dog did it infinitely better than ben did with days gone i will say though like the uh the the game is extremely pretty like that's like what it has going for it like graphically it's beautiful and on ps5 it runs at 60 whereas on ps4 was 30 only so i'm playing it at 60 4k with hdr and it looks really nice which you know keeps enticing me to give it more and more of a chance but like my patience is starting to run thin uh just because like it really hasn't hooked me yet and i do hear online like you have to wait till this point before the game starts getting good but you know, like there's only so much of my time that I'm willing to invest, so I'm not really sure if I'm gonna go to that point or not. You know, point. that's that kind of sounds like trying to get someone into JoJo's. <laughs> you just gotta wait. Yeah. You just gotta get past the first eight episodes. No, like I, yeah, just a small tangent there, but like I've definitely had experience trying to get friends into JoJo, and like they want they they're so mad at me after watching part one. It's like, why did you introduce me to this garbage? But then like once they get to part two, they're fine. Yeah, dude. Yeah. People who think part three are better than part one are. It, just so wrong i can't even stand to talk to them dude like, what is wrong with you that part is three is some of the worst anime opinion. i've ever seen i hate I, jojo's part three i mean it's slow for the first half yeah it's slow for the, for the first, first half but like for the first nine tenths one. it's extremely slow the yeah, video fight is fun Egypt. like I, I, okay so i will say in my personal jojo rankings part three is near the bottom but is infinitely better than part one in my no, opinion part one and part well i haven't seen past part three but part one and part two were both extremely enjoyable i could not sit through part three and part four up. is a good one though part I've four is top things. tier part yeah, four is part five near is the top too. for me and this has been anime reviews yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is this our jojo <laughs> This is our JoJo reference. For yeah, that, that just, like, everything I've seen about Days Gone, I look at it, and I'm just like, oh, that looks really boring. I and do, I yeah. Like, it's, the only it's, thing I like about Days Gone is the zombie hordes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I haven't gone I to a like liquids, yet, but that mechanic seems really, really cool. But, like, like, I haven't been introduced to it yet. I just like the idea of a crowd being simulated as a liquid rather than, you know, a solid. Because that's what crowds do. They just kind of turn into a liquid once you get enough of them. Yeah, it's like their their own entity. But yeah. you know like the thing with Days Gone that gets me though, it's like I can see bits and pieces of a good game in it, at least where I am right now, but like just the way it all comes together, it just doesn't come together in my opinion. Yeah, I mean and, I looked at it and nothing looked wrong with it, but it just was like Yeah. Sony already had their zombie game. It's The Last of Us. Why does Days Gone exist? <laughs> so this is kind of like, you know, like the zombie game is obviously like the flavor of the game, but it's more like Far Cry from what I can tell in terms of like it's an open world and like there's things to do in it. And there's like a pretty like long story from what I can tell just looking at how long it takes to beat the campaign and stuff like that. But mm. even with the story, like at least where I am now, and I hear that there are plot twists and stuff, and the story gets more interesting. But right now, I could not care less about the story. Like I'm sorry. Like they had an intro that was very kind of similar to The Last of Us's intro, where the main character loses someone he, you know, cares about a lot, and like that trauma really hard. So like him the most, the, like the absolute most basic zombie world trip you yeah. can have. Yeah, but like The Last of Us handled it so well, whereas in this game, I just couldn't care less. You know, like. I don't know. 
Like, yeah, the Last of Us, the original Last of Us, you totally didn't see that coming. I mean, like I, I mean, up until it happened, I, I, I saw it I coming. Saw it I saw like, it coming from it was the, executed the extremely well, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I think they did a good job with it, but it's still like the oldest trick in the book for a zombie media. Like, but like, I yeah, know. I don't know. Like, maybe it's just that like I'm not a big fan of like the biker gang aesthetic. I guess and that's either. This yeah. game is all about really like I think I think huge, the biker theme and, aesthetic is like the only thing more boring than a zombie game. Yeah, like and, and like I respect the passion that went into it. Like obviously like whoever designed this aspect of the game really cares about motorcycles because you can like trick out like every single aspect of your motorcycle and customize it to bits. That's but that's really just funny. something I really don't care about, you know. So Yeah, just, every well the only thing uh what's that like infamously it's like ride to hell retribution or something. Yeah, ride to hell retribution. The only if I see a motorcycle in a game, that's the only thing I can think of. Like that that Ride to Hell Retribution was so bad it has tainted motorcycles in games forever for me. <laughs> Jesus. Like, but I yeah, just... I mean, I think I'm going to give it a couple more shots, you know, like I'm going to keep playing it for a little bit, but like right now it's just it's it's not an enjoyable game. Like and and it's 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 tough cuz like I definitely see like I feel like this game was in severe need of like an editor, right? Like if someone at the top was calling some shots like a director or something that maybe parts of this game came together in a different way it could have been a very good game i think there there's definitely potential in it but from what i'm seeing right now it's just a slog. Yeah, I mean, execution is everything yeah so yeah that's that's what i've been playing not impressed by days gone but i know you know like it definitely has its its following but after playing it i can definitely see why sony was not too keen on a sequel so yeah, I, that's why I was so confused why there was any outrage over that. Like Days Gone, dude. There's a, a there's a dedicated <laughs> fan base for it. I mean, I I, I fine, gotta wonder but... how big the overlap between bikers and gamers is, like because of that. Because <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, <laughs> I think that's the only interesting thing Days Gone had was the. Dude, I saw like uh, uh, uh change.org petition got started for Sony to. Create any, Days Gone anybody too. can change, make a change. Yeah, I know, and, uh, right? Yep. But the, what I'm gonna say is that it reached like thirty thousand signatures, and I was oh like, my God. "Well, that's well, actually that's pretty good, right?" But like, yeah, thirty thousand sales is nothing for a AAA video game, right? No, so, yeah. but I but thirty thousand people that played the game and liked it enough to like sign yeah, a petition. That's, but that's what I'm saying, man. Like there there is a dedicated following for this game. It's just I, am, I don't I, think I, it's enough for Sony to care, unfortunately. No. Not not for their budget, you know. Thirty thousand sales for an indie game is incredible, but and especially for Days Gone, right? Days Gone is a triple A first party game that they poured years of marketing resources into, and the game itself took like I think seven plus years for Bend to make, right? Like this is their they made Uncharted: Golden Abyss for Vita, and this is what they were working on for the longest time. And I remember Days Gone was shown at E3 after E3 after show after show with like you know, and like all this marketing hype behind it. But, like, it didn't really pan out, right? Like, so Sony, from their perspective, definitely invested a lot into this game, and it didn't perform to the level they wanted it to. And that studio had potential, because I'll, you know, I'll be the first to say it. Uncharted Golden Abyss? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good game. Yeah, it's a pretty it solid un- game. Uncharted yeah. on the, is it Uncharted, is it better than Uncharted 1? Probably. Is it better than Uncharted 2, 3, and 4? No. No, no, no. No, but a better than Uncharted 1's not bad for, a mobile, for like, a portable Uncharted game. You yeah. Know? No, I agree I, with that. It, yeah. It, met and it met and slightly exceeded expectations and i honestly 
if I was replaying the Uncharted series, it makes the cut. It would get replayed. Yeah. So yeah, Ben Studio. I wish them the best of luck on their next project. You know, like there, there, there was some turmoil after you know, like the news came out about like them helping Naughty Dog and stuff. So now they're working on their own project, uh, which is a new thing, right? So it's not presumably not going to be a Days Gone sequel because Sony axed that. But like Days Gone is getting another shot at making something, and I hope it's uh, I hope it's uh, you know, something that lives up to their potential because I think they do have a lot of potential at Ben God. Studio. Yeah, they they do. They have a ton of it because now I'm just thinking about how good Uncharted: Golden Abyss was, and yeah. like that was one of the first games I played that had gyro controls. I think for aiming, right? And, yeah, because the because the sticks on the Vita are not stellar, but yeah, those gyro controls, like I I was good. You know, I was I was popping headshots like it was nobody's business. I was probably better at Golden Abyss than I was at any of the other Uncharted games. I uh, that game was fun. It yeah, just makes so. me think of how uh, Sony went so all in on the Vita early on, and then just yeah, man, they had an exclusive Uncharted game, a Killzone game, like yeah, and like lots of like Japanese games as well, and yeah. uh, just didn't work out, <laughs> unfortunately. But yep, that's uh, that's it for me. Any other comments before we ran out the show? No, not really. Okay, all right. So that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. You can like, rate, and review us on any podcast service you use. And click the link on the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yeah, guys. See you next week. Yep. See you next week. See you guys, next week. Bye.